is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Pfizer asking regulators authorize the antiviral pill to treat COVID, and they're going to allow poorer countries to sell it for cheap. California's website for vaccine appointments now allowing all adults to sign up for booster shots. Are boosters the key to dealing with an expected winter surge? And Thanksgiving a week away, what's the proper etiquette when it comes to asking if family members have their shots? But we start with the pill from Pfizer. Company is going to let other countries sell it cheaply after Merck said it would do the same thing with its antiviral pill. James Love, the director of Knowledge Ecology International. Uh, James, will this be an actual generic pill or do these companies still own the, the license to these meds? Both Merck and Pfizer have authorized generics to kind of manufacture the drug from anywhere in the world and sell it within this territory, which involves about a little more than half the world's population, where incomes are below $2,600 per year on average. And, and they will compete against each other. And the prices are expected to be really low, like somewhere between $10 and $30 per course of treatment. Okay, so at prices that all of these uh, countries would be able to, to absorb, and because and, you can't sell it for too high or it's not going to do its job. That's correct. Do so, you see it as, as some kind of game-changing moment then when we take both of these things together? I know we use the term a lot, but is the pill finally the thing that can at least make these concerns of like the winter surge a little bit easier if it gets out there and if it gets out there fast enough? I, I think it's really important, uh, particularly I think the Pfizer product, because I think it has a better safety profile. Uh, at least I think there's uh, fewer concerns about the safety profile of protease inhibitors in this thing. The data is pretty good, cheap to manufacture, and any anyone that manufactures uh, small molecules can do it. So um, I think it will make it much easier to loosen up some of the restrictions right now we have in the economy. But I am curious about this, uh, James. While both Merck and Pfizer are licensing their new pills to other countries to do generic versions so they would be readily available at a price other countries can afford, there is this ongoing controversy, is there not, about the COVID vaccine that Pfizer makes and the COVID vaccine that uh, Moderna makes because they are not willing, are they, to license their vaccine technology to other countries? That's right. There's a completely different story between the, the drugs, the therapeutics, which you get treated if you get COVID, and the vaccines that would prevent you from getting it in the first place. Vaccine manufacturers are looking at the know-how to manufacture the vaccine as a really valuable corporate asset, and they're not willing to give it up at this point. The know-how for manufacturing the drugs, on the other hand, is, is not that big of a deal. Was the share the vaccine idea something that was broached early? I seem to remember at least some commentators saying, you know, if somebody hits on this, and this was way before we even had them, they should. They should get it out there and everyone can make it at the same time and we'll get out of this, you know, lickety split. Well, yeah, it, it's absolutely a massive policy failure globally. That we're sitting on top of a, a pandemic where the virus zips around the world. And right now we're dealing with variants that really didn't originate in the United States. So People getting infected and, and there being mutations outside the United States is not, is not like an unimportant thing for us. And we've had a slow rollout of the manufacturing. We've had uh, hoarding of the, of, the, of the manufacturing know-how and the patent rights. And it's uh, particularly the know-how. And, you know, it's, we're practically two years into the pandemic. 
and, and we're nowhere close to having the vaccines uh, uh, in, in a lot of countries, any sort of, any sort of significant amount. So yeah, I think it's, it's been a big policy failure. The fact that it, these licenses have taken place the last couple of weeks for Merck and Pfizer for the therapeutics is a positive thing, but it doesn't, it doesn't take back the fact that we're not doing the right thing on the vaccines. James Love, Director of Knowledge Ecology International. All adults in California can now sign up to get a COVID-19 booster shot, even though they haven't been approved yet at the federal level. The FDA expected to make a decision soon on boosters for all adults in the U.S. ahead of an expected winter surge. Are the boosters the key to getting through the holidays? Dr. Ann Ramoyne, professor of epidemiology at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health. Uh, doctor, there's been a lot of confusion on this issue. Are people actually going to go out and get those shots? I think that the message is just starting to get out, but given that there have been a lot of mixed messaging and and changes in policy over the last several weeks, I think that there is some confusion out there. Bottom line, anyone age 18 or older can get their COVID booster if they're six months out from their second Moderna or Pfizer vaccine or two months past their J&J vaccine series. Why do you think, uh, and this has been a question we've been asking since this pandemic began, Compared to some other places on this planet, why do we always seem to be so late in doing these things? I mean, Israel, as you know, they've been giving boosters to just about everybody for several months now. Several European countries have been doing it for quite some time. And in this country, while some states like California are kind of getting a head start, if you want to call it that, the (laughs) FDA and the CDC still are wrestling with what language to use. Why are we always behind in this? Well, public health messaging is is clearly very complicated. And I think that the early uh, concerns were that if we started to talk about the need for boosters, then it would dilute the message that vaccines are working. And and I think that that's a a big uh, misstep here. The vaccines are doing a great job. They're keeping people out of the hospital. They're keeping people from having severe disease. They're keeping people from dying. But the way that these vaccines were administered early on were to get as much immunity into the population as possible in a short period of time to save lives. We had such a high rate of hospitalization, high rate of mortality. We did that, but we did not. um, But as a result, we weren't able to get long lasting protection. You need that third dose to be able to do that. And I think when people have been watching the news or listening to the news have heard Dr. Fauci and others say, well, this was always likely going to be a three-dose series. We just didn't know for sure. That's what's happening. People are watching the science unfold in real time uh, and and seeing these changes. Um, But it does make people a little bit confused. Let's say I'm, I'm, you know, a listener out there, though. And I remember that uh, months ago there were doctors and they were saying when the booster conversations were were getting going and it was going through the the panels and all. And there were doctors who were easy to find that say, you know what, I don't think boosters are even warranted. The two is fine and your body's going to remember. And and yeah, there are breakthrough cases and they're going to happen. Has something changed since then are more vaccinated people ending up in hospitals or what warrants them now? Or has the idea of what we're trying to do with them changed and maybe we should be preventing breakthrough cases and infections and that's what a third shot will do for you? Well, the, the third shot is going to do multiple things. So uh, so first of all, we're seeing, we're seeing vaccinated people get infected. Uh, it's, it's something we're seeing a lot of breakthrough cases here in the United States. We did not do a good job of tracking breakthrough infections, but we really saw this in Europe. And now we've seen it anecdotally. Basically, everybody probably knows somebody who's had a breakthrough infection at this point. Um, but 
not only are we seeing these breakthrough infections, we are starting to see in particular vulnerable populations, people that are older, people who have underlying conditions, get sick, potentially die. You know, we just saw this happen with Colin Powell, for, for, for an example, of somebody who had had two doses, had not had a third, got, uh, got uh, COVID and unfortunately passed away. So we are seeing these cases of, of breakthrough infections actually resulting in hospitalization and death. Those are going up. And so now the recommendation is let's get those boosters in arms. It, it makes sense to be, um, to, to be somewhat cautious uh, and to, you know, really, really see the need and only recommend it when we see the need. But that need is very clear now. Uh, and I think that that's why the, the vast majority of the scientific community now is saying it's time to get those boosters in arms. But you know that there are some people already who are saying, oh, OK, so we'll go and we'll get the third one. But when are we going to be told we need the fourth one? Well, is that really a problem? What if you do need a fourth one? I, I, I think that the, the bottom line is, is that we're this is an evolving science, that this is a new virus that we're constantly uh, trying to, to get in front of. And people are now watching that scientific sausage being made. Right. It's a it's an it's an issue of uh, we're going to we're going to be changing recommendations as the science becomes clear right now. What we know is we need a, a third dose to be able to really shore up that immunity. And it is very possible that we might not need an additional dose. These doses six months out may provide long lasting immunity, but we'll see. And we will change course if we need to change course. I think that the key here is we're doing what we can to, to save lives and also prevent people from dealing with the long-term consequences of, of, of COVID. You know, it's not just about if you get sick, are you going to die? There are these long-term consequences of long COVID that people are really suffering with. And I think that we need to take that into account. I think uh, we've been looking at this as, as alive or dead. And that's really not the only thing that should be going into the calculus of, of getting vaccinated or getting boosted. Dr. Anne Ramoyne, Professor of Epidemiology, UCLA Fielding School of Public Health. Coming up after a short break, the pandemic sure to make Thanksgiving particularly awkward for some families this year. Thanksgiving is a week away. Many families try to stay away from politics to avoid arguments over the holidays. But that might be hard this year, especially as COVID-19 cases start to trend upwards. If you've got unvaccinated family members, what do you do? Diane Gotsman is an etiquette expert who runs the Protocol School of Texas. Uh, Diane, how do you approach talking to family about whether or not they've gotten their shots? You know, uh, yes, you make inquiries, but not so subtle. Just be upfront. I think what's really important is to communicate in advance. You know, you do it politely, you do it with a great tone of voice, but just ask, you know, just say, you know, I, it sounds like a lot of fun. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm cautious, uh, still socializing. Will everybody be vaccinated? Are you requiring people to be vaccinated? I think that's a fair for right now. I feel like that's a fair question. And since so many different people have so many different comfort levels, it's better to ask in advance than get there and be surprised or uncomfortable. Right. We all know Thanksgiving dinners or hear about Thanksgiving dinners where, you know, politics gets talked about and it turns into this whole mess. So as awkward as asking the question now is it avoids that later on and then you, you, you get through this as easy as possible? Absolutely. And that goes for the host as well. So as a guest, if you are wondering, by all means, ask. 
as a host, what happens is um, they, they either have their own comfort level. So let's say they only want people who have been vaccinated. You know, they have their own boundaries because for, for whatever reason, you know, it, there's no judgment. I think it's important to make that call in advance and say, listen, um, I'm, I'm having an event. I'm having a little holiday celebration, but I am still, um, we're very cautious as family and we are having only people who have been vaccinated. Have you, have you gotten your vaccination? And if you heard the tone of my voice, it's not judgmental. It's just really inquiring and concerned. And if they say, no, I'm not getting vaccinated or no, not as of yet, the host can say, you know, um, for now, I think we're just going to stick with this, you know, stick with um, our requirements to have everyone vaccinated for the safety of, of our own family and other guests who will also be attending. And, and I feel like on both sides, we have to be tolerant and... Um, and okay, but, but Diane, what do you... What do you do with a situation where, you know, you know, say that even before you ask, you just know you have a relative who, uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to get vaccinated. They don't they don't believe in vac whatever. But you also know that maybe they're particularly sensitive. So uh, do you call them when you're inviting everybody else in the family and say, listen, uh, you probably have heard I'm having this big Thanksgiving thing, uh, but you're not coming. Well, you were doing really well until that last week. <laughs> <laughs> you were almost there. I was almost there. Okay. <laughs> so all of that you would say, you know, I'm having an, I'm having a little celebration. I know you're not vaccinated. You know, everybody else in this family is really staunch about it, including myself. You know, Uncle John, I'm just going to ask you kindly to please just give me grace on this one. I'm going to have you over. I, we will, we will do what makes you comfortable. We'll sit outside. We'll, uh, you know, I think that, it, you know, it's interesting because we all have to navigate our own family and friends with our own conversations and, and we have to use good sense and good judgment. And, you know, some people will say, invite people over who have not been vaccinated, but let's, let's make some rules. So in other words, you know, let's, let's socialize outside. Now, if it's snowing, there's a problem, right? But, you know, if you have the budget, you can get heaters, fire pits, if you have a, you know, a covered patio. So this, this particular season, you know, for this particular topic, and who knows how long in the future, we're really going to have to think carefully about how we navigate our holidays based on our comfort level, the comfort level of our guests, and then the relationship that we want post post COVID where everything is back to, you know, what will be our, our normal and not worrying about the vaccinations. Because what we have to think about now is how is it going to affect our relationship in two months after we've, you know, I hate to say uninvited the guest, hopefully we take we don't have to invite and uninvite, but if you do have to uninvite someone, let's say you see them out on social media and they are, they're at the concert, they're getting flown over all of these heads, they're just having the best time of their life and you're inviting only six people, you know, because you're being very careful. You can call and say, listen, Sarah or Johnny or whomever, you know, I, I notice you're on social media. You're really not kind of abiding by what, what we are looking for, for this, this holiday event. You're probably not being as cautious as we'd like. And I just feel like it's going to be best if we take a pause for now. Those are all hard. That's hard to say. Yeah. Not to say it because if we don't say it now, we're going to be sorry later. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next year. Diane Gossman, <laughs> etiquette experts, uh, runs the protocol school of Texas. Many public officials bracing for a potential winter surge of COVID cases, but at the same time, they're loosening certain restrictions in an attempt to get things back to normal. 
Washington, D.C. is doing away with its mask mandate, and the Los Angeles Unified School District is relaxing its mask rules for students next semester. But is this the right thing to do? Some public health experts say yes, and that we need to learn to live with the virus. But others say this is like taking your foot off the gas right before you're over the finish line. You can find this Odyssey original and others at the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Stitcher.